Cat running on the thing. I'm a cat running on the thing. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Molly Glover, Nick Glover, and Tim Wick. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we're back live in the studio. We talk about the Book of Boba Fett, and we spoil it like crazy. Don't listen if you haven't watched. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Molly Glover, joined as always in person by my co-hosts, Tim Wick. Wait, who are you weirdos and what am I doing in your house? And Nick Glover. I live here. Oh. <laughs> and we're in person again. Yay. We're all in the same room, recording on the same microphone, so the audio quality will be the same levels of terrible instead of different levels of terrible. <laughs> Which is an improvement, I think it we is. have yeah. to say. I think it is. It, yeah. Unfortunately, the other quality will not be improved. That's the, the back of our novel, the blurb, is going to be uniformly terrible. <laughs> Consistent. That's, yes, the, that's what yes. you can say about us. Consistent. It's, I mean, in a lot of ways. We're yeah. writing a novel? Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> we are here to talk about the book of Boba Fett. The uh, Disney show, Disney Plus show. Which is not a book. Is not a book. No. And is only slightly about Boba Fett. <laughs> it's, about, it's about five-sevenths about yeah. Boba Fett. So uh, we're going to spoil the absolute bejesus out of it. So if you haven't watched it and you haven't already figure, figured out what happens being on the internet, uh, please go ahead and skip this one and come back to us once you've seen it. I assume we're also going to spoil The Mandalorian because there's this directly... yes. It yeah. commingles with that. I mean, yes. we've spoiled The Mandalorian before, but, but we're going to spoil it yes. again. But, you know, yep. just in case. This is technically season two of The Mandalorian. Three. Season three. This is technically season three of The Mandalorian, and we've already done the first two seasons. So, yeah. yes. I think it's like 2B. Uh, yeah, I would, yeah. I, I, was, I kind of considered it season two and a half. Yeah, of that's the a really good point. Yeah. But anyway, it was intended to be its own show. Uh, that is how they want us to take it. So, we're taking this as The Book of Boba Fett, season one. Uh, so, how did you guys? What did you think? Did you did you like it? This has been a pretty divisive show uh, compared to The Mandalorian. I liked parts of it a oh. lot. I thought it was um, super inconsistent, and the yeah. best parts are some of the best Star Wars stuff in recent history. Mm-hmm. There, there's some really good stuff in it. I thought overall, uh, the narrative arc was a about as predictable as I've seen from a Disney Plus series in terms of, yeah. I've got a pretty good idea where this whole mess is ending up. Yeah, I feel like um, if you've ever seen a Western or a Samurai movie, yeah. uh, you know what is going to happen in this show. Uh, it's 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 pretty, pretty straight along party lines, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> There's something that's really unique about this that makes me very hopeful for other Disney Plus stuff, like um, Moon Knight coming out later this month, is that they took more risks with this show than they have in anything on Disney Plus yet? Yeah. Um, in terms of um, themes of you know crime and drugs, the type of violence they show, um, the weird, crazy lizard vision quest. Oh, that's like, great! Like all that stuff is stuff that I 
there's a lot of things in this that I wouldn't have necessarily thought that Disney would do on their streaming platform in a show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I will say that one of the things I found really exciting uh, was the inventive use of monsters. Mm. Uh, and so that was really, there were, we saw a lot of beasts, we saw a lot of creatures, we saw a lot of monsters, we got to see a lot of uh, really great puppets. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, that's always really cool. I always like that. I think the, the Mandalorian had a little bit of that with the crate dragon and stuff, but we didn't see nearly as much of the mm-hmm. the uh, the. There's a lot of beasts, and it was really cool to see, especially with the Tuscans and like yeah. uh, the Banthas and stuff. And I and I absolutely appreciate any attempt to write a Star Wars story that is not about the fate of the galaxy. Yeah. yeah. So this is, you know, maybe about the fate of Tatooine, if, if we are to believe, you know, what, what Boba Fett's saying. But really it's about the fate of this one city and Boba Fett and uh, Fennec Shands as, as the crime lords mm-hmm. of this, this one corner of Tatooine. Um, and maybe a little bit about the disposition or, I don't know, redemption of Boba Fett if, mm-hmm. we're, if we're to allow... That is a phrase for somebody who's trying to be a crime boss. Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah. his redemption arc being him being a daimyo in charge of uh, crime lords was interesting. Yeah. Take, but, yeah. But I guess, you know, drugs bad. So if he's trying to get rid of drugs, then he good. That, that was actually a criticism that I wrote. I read from someone when others were talking about it was like, they didn't. They didn't appreciate the whole war on drugs narrative of the show. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you're I overthinking mean, the Star Wars. Well, and that's the thing too is like this picks up on a lot of the themes that were set up in Solo, uh, the about the spice and about the the importance of spice trade to the different. Uh, what are they called? It's not federations. It's a word like that, though. The syndicates. different the syndicates. Yeah. All the different syndicates like spice is a big part of that. And so, you know, that I think that and it's, you know, it's one of the worst. It's, it's actually like if you read up on drugs in Star Wars, there's way worse drugs than spice. <laughs> like death sticks. Yeah. yeah. Like glimmer. <laughs> the, the spice must flow. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. It, um, and that's that's I, I guess. What what makes drugs good or bad, right, is mm-hmm. is the violence that surrounds them. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that they, they did a decent job of of focusing on that. I mean, obviously there there's a little bit of drugs bad, but mm-hmm. but it really does focus on the violence and the, the control that, that the the syndicate pikes. The, the pikes mm-hmm. are, are exerting over the planets where they are mining spice. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the, the fact that it's more about the kind of money yeah. that the spice is worth and uh, how that money corrupts. Yeah. yeah. Like, so I think that was kind of it in, in Solo as well. It felt like the, the, the spice that they dealt with in that a little bit in the background. Yeah, was, yeah. It seemed like it was about the drugs. Yeah. But we're not going to get Star Wars The Wire. Right, right. right. Although, I watch the shit out of Star yeah, Wars: I would, The Wire. I would oh my watch god! Star Wars, the Wire. Like a like an port city in Corellia. Like Coruscant. Like, Coruscant yeah. But like yeah, amazing. Uh, okay, I mean, so I'm sorry. Your thing about the monsters, I think, is a really good point. I mean, what they do with the Rancor in this one mm, is yeah. is is awesome in the sense that it makes you go back to Return of the Jedi and feel really bad for that poor mm-hmm. Rancor who's basically just been abused. Yep. The Rancor hand- handler who's like 
crying over the corpse of the Rancor in, in uh, Return mm-hmm. of the Jedi after he, he, he gets killed, like, you're like, oh, shit, like, that... They that's where the rancor imprinted on yeah, yeah, you have more sympathy bonded. for him absolutely for in that situation yeah. and I'm, I think that there's been some really cool things that they're doing uh, in these Dave Filoni uh, 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 not Jeremy Piven Molly come on uh, from yeah I know who you're talking about <laughs> and I you came to the wrong person to get, get a, a famous uh, person named uh, Favreau yeah yes. John Favreau like, I was like okay. I was like the guy from Swingers not the guy from PCU there we go John Favreau <laughs> and Dave Filoni shows have been doing a really good job of taking these like tiny moments and bringing them back uh, in, in ways like with the Rancor and then people being like oh my god that poor Rancor trainer and like the ice cream machine guy was in this the, wasn't uh, he the, the Cam Toto yeah the, Toto's yeah. made an appearance yeah yep Yep, and so like little things that have been, you know, uh, big Star Wars fanatic, yeah. you know, uh, touch points. Boba Fett, a huge one. Yeah. Uh, like that tweet we saw that we liked, which said uh, a lot of people are getting real mad that Boba Fett isn't acting like the tattoo they have on their shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you know, like I thought it was it, that, and so they, I know the the, the 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 fact that people were still like, oh, this is what Boba Fett's like. I'm, uh, what is Boba Fett like? You don't know. Yeah. There's hardly anything to tell you. Well, uh, I, on that point. Have you watched Clone Wars? I have not watched Clone Wars. Okay, so I'm the only one of us that's watched Clone mm-hmm. Wars. And, and I only know of it for work stuff. And in, 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 in you know total honesty, I haven't watched all of Clone Wars. I've watched um, like viewer's guides that have you mm-hmm. skip the, the skippable episodes. Mm-hmm. that or, So you're watching everything that's important to the continuity and then fan-favorite episodes that, mm-hmm. are, that are picked mm-hmm. in there. So there's a lot of child Boba Fett. In Clone Wars, um, him learning to become a bounty hunter, kind of. And he has an established relationship, a sort of almost mentor-mentee relationship with Cad Bane. Yeah, the the assassin at the end. Which, I mean, there there's a lot that happens in that show that I feel like informs mm-hmm. uh, this Boba Fett. And I thought it was it was great. It all connects really well. And that's, again, like, you know, Filoni. That said, you ask these people who are making these complaints, oh, did you watch Clone Wars? And nine times out of ten, they say no. Right. Because that's a dumb kid show. And, and, you know, and so that's, you know, that's the thing is, like, I don't think they're, I think, I don't think the majority of the com- people complaining about Boba Fett were basing it off right. uh, their Clone Wars expertise. You would think. I mean, but even if they had, it's, it's kind of that thing of, uh, if you're like, well, Boba Fett's supposed to be more badass. It's like, well, for the first half of the show, dude's like in a Bacta tank whenever he's not actually out uh-huh. patrolling the streets because yeah. he's that injured. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's he's in he's in kind of sort he's old and he's in he's pretty banged up. Yeah, dude spent some time in a fucking Sarlacc pit. Well, Give him a break. And we saw this same reaction from fans with Luke Skywalker with old Luke in sure. those last two movies especially, mm-hmm. but you know, where it was like, oh, he wouldn't have been a pussy like that. He would never turn his back on them. It's like, okay, but he did. They get to decide. <laughs> so like, you don't get to decide. Uh, but this is a good play, a good segue to talk about what criticisms did y'all have? Like, what, what things about the show missed for you or just kind of you made you sour well i mean one of the things that we sort of alluded to it at the beginning is uh in the middle of the season it turns into the mandalorian for two episodes yes yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, i want to watch a series I-, I liked boba fett i like fennec shan and i wanted to watch those characters yeah. do their thing and it 
to me, that was bad writing, that they couldn't figure out how to write. If they wanted to bring the Mandalorian in for an episode, I mean, that's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. But to do the whole thing about Grogu and the Mandalorian and, and the armor that he makes for Grogu and stuff mm-hmm. like that, why is that not in a new season of the Mandalorian? Yeah, I really don't know. I, I feel like... A part of that is the marketability and money to be made off of Grogu. Yeah. And that they want to hit season three of The Mandalorian with that already established and just go from there. Um, maybe they wanted to include um, uh, Din Jaren because he's, you know, marketable and that's like a, a link for mm-hmm. them. And because this is Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. maybe it's kind of sort of... His show-ish. I don't know. I, I didn't like it either. Yeah. I, I It felt like a real disconnect in terms of, um, like, the themes, the the emotion, the setting even. Like, those are the only parts that take place off Tatooine. When we talk in Vilification Tennis about how when Tim scores a point, it resets the expectations of the audience and the timbre, right? Mm-hmm. So the I felt like those episodes just kind of, like killed any momentum yeah that they built in the first episodes and, the, and leading up and it was like i was getting really into it i was really feeling it and then i was like pause then this i'm like oh and then we come back to the story basically still in progress i'm like oh, all right yeah okay <laughs> it's like the whole the, uh, the the whole thing with the mandalorian um doing all the, the modifications on the naboo fighter mm-hmm. which is it's like five minutes that yeah. you spend on that which all you had to do, if, if you'd intersperse the Mandalorian story but while continuing to focus more on the Boba Fett yeah. storyline and been like, well, you know, we're going to need to fix up this this Naboo fighter and, yeah. and off we go and we come back and, and they're testing it out. Yeah. I didn't need to see them them do all the, me- all the mechanic bits. It, it was wasted time. On, on a series that was supposed to be about somebody else. Also, it just feels like that whole part made me so mad because it's like, if I ask you, go find me another RV because I need an RV. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, I got you this two-seater dickmobile that yeah. goes so fucking fast yeah. that you're not going to be able to control it. And you're like, uh, okay, but I needed like a house. Like my older, my other car was a house. Like so, what's this supposed Not to be for? Not even a two seater. It's a one. It's a one seater with, that we with a pod for the baby. Yeah, yeah. we fucking tacked How's on a car seat. How's he supposed to be a bounty hunter in that thing? Where does he put the bounties? Well, <laughs> like he exclusively brings them in cold. I guess. I I also felt too that like, I don't know. I get the Grogu's marketable. Ironically, since his whole storyline at the beginning is that everybody wants him to use him for parts, but like I get that they need to bring him in because everybody wants more of him. I, I don't get it. I think he's fine, you know. But, but then I'm a. Heart- I mean, he's not a pork. I'm a heartless bitch who didn't like Ewoks either, so you know, I just it doesn't work for me. But I, I just don't understand. I don't understand why that couldn't have been at the end, mm. since that's kind of where we ended anyway. Like, I don't know why that couldn't have been more toward the end as a way of leading into the next Right, Mandalorian. you transition yeah. to the... I, um, I, a minor quibble I have is that I wish we... Like, all the desert parts uh, I thought were amazing. Because mm-hmm. that's where we really got to see uh, Timura Morrison, like, mm-hmm. perform and be Boba Fett and do badass stuff. And not to be like the the guy who wishes Boba Fett was more like his left arm tattoo, <laughs> but I feel like as soon as he put that armor on, 
I don't know. He just didn't have that same level of mask acting that mm. Pedro Pascal has. Mm-hmm. I feel like we all of a sudden he became a background character. He, be, he we didn't get to see him do or say anything really mm-hmm. awesome for the majority of the time he was there. Like even in some of his biggest moments where he like writes like you know a fuck you letter to the Pike that he has the the uh, the Twilight dude mm-hmm. bring up. Like we don't even really see him say those words or 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 bring about that point. Ming mm-hmm. um, Na Wen does most of the talking for him, which. It's fine. He says he's not much of a talker, the character. Well, yeah. uh, and apparently the actor is uncomfortable with doing lots of monologues and stuff. That's fair. And so there were, there were some on-stage rewrites where he was like, you know, it'd be cool if she just kind of said all this for me type of a, a thing. So That works for me. That strong, silent daimyo or whatever. That's sure. fine. I just, uh, I kind of wish we got to see more of, more of him doing mm-hmm. stuff in the second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there. The, uh, another thing that bugged me a little bit. Uh, yeah, this this is produced by Robert Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. He's well known for like making movies really quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and especially when it comes to special effects. And I think sometimes that hurt him. Mm. Specifically, I think it's episode three. There's like a speeder chase through yeah. through Mos Espa that is so slow. Yeah. Yeah. I was just watching the whole thing and going, this looks like it could have been filmed with them walking yeah. instead of riding speeder bikes in a land speeder. And that, I think, is a weakness of the way Robert Rodriguez especially does special mm-hmm. effects. Mm-hmm. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm maybe I'm maybe it was intentional, but maybe I'm pinning it on him and I should be pinning it on somebody else. But that was a moment where I was taken out of the story. Yeah. Because it's supposed to be this really big set piece action sequence and it was slow and dull. A lot of people really didn't like the 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 bike gang, the the mods, the modifiers. Uh, the modifiers, but the thing is like and I don't know how familiar you are. I'm sure you are, Tim, but like it was very much like a British mods versus bikers movie where yeah. like you had the speed bike gang and then you had the mods with their candy colored little bikes and yeah. their, you know, like cutesy. Like, like quadrophenia. I thought that was great. Yeah. 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 I, very quadrophenia. I, well, and I loved that it was taking mods and mm-hmm. not being mods as in the scooter gang, but mods as in modified yes. have modifications. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty great. Speaking of things that took you out of the story, uh, Tamora Morrison's teeth. Like, I just don't understand why they didn't yellow up his teeth or otherwise dirty his very, very white dentures. Ah. Like, they are blindingly white and perfect. He he's There are scenes where he is covered in dirt and sand and grime, and he's been living rough out in the desert, and his teeth are like perfectly brand new veneer white and it's so it bothered me every time (laughs) it made him look it makes him look way older and just on top of that it's like I there is makeup you can do two teeth like there I I did it in college how hard could it be to find like (laughs) there is it's so easy to get all they have to do especially if they're dentures all you have to do is put in new plates and if they're veneers or whatever again just just there's ways to like put ivory coatings on them so that they look more like they just they look like Hollywood teeth. They didn't yeah. look like Star Wars teeth at all. And, and it was I, I did not notice that. Really? 
That's funny. Oh man. It now just, I will. Now if I go yeah. back and rewatch it, I'll notice. Sorry it to ruin time. it, but every time I was just like, why? <laughs> you know the the real tragedy, the real worst part of this though mm-hmm. was uh, watching those thick ass Gamorrean guards die. <laughs> those guards, they were so thick. They had the juiciest buns. I was really happy. <laughs> I was really glad that we got some thick boy action. I, I was I was actually disappointed that those two guards are the only characters that died when when you know you've got that moment where all of Boba Fett's allies are being cornered and the only ones they kill off are the Gamorreans because they don't even have names, right? Think, we can just kill them. Yeah. Uh, one of the mods dies, I think, and one gets wounded. Yeah. Yeah, I think one, but one of the ones that we, we didn't even yeah. ever talk yeah. to him. I mean, right? nameless like, Joe. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm going to complain about the mods, it's that they didn't get any characters. They, they yeah. there, there were no, you know, we got two episodes about about Grogu and the Mandalorian, but the mods didn't get any opportunity for us to care whether they lived or died. Yeah, I feel and like I, we care I, more about the droids that fixed that the Naboo fighter. Right, <laughs> and I and I think I cared more about more about the the Gamorreans because. You know, they were actually fucking loyal. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Smart. Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like when when Boba Fett's like, oh yeah, I want them on my team. It's like, yeah, you do. Yeah, these no fuckers kidding. will fight to the death for whoever they they pledge themselves to. Yeah, oh, yeah. Um, Let's talk about things we liked. Holy uh, shit. Uh, fucking Black Kersantan, oh, fuck. uh was incredible, and it I, was like I couldn't like when they when they kind of showed him a little. I couldn't fucking, like, yeah. I knew it had to be him, and I couldn't fucking believe it. That was great. Uh, D- Black Crescenton is a creation of uh, Kieran Gillen. He first appears in the Dr. Aphra uh, Marvel comics, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe I think in, so. Maybe in one of the other Marvel comics, but I, that's where he's featured most most prominently is in Dr. Aphra. Um, Black Crescenton is a fucking badass, and I'm so glad he didn't bite it. And it's such a perfect off-the-page And you had a really good point when we were talking. You said it was just so nice to get to finally see a Wookiee be a Wookiee. Oh, like, yeah. Like, uh, I mean, they are eight-foot-tall murder machines. Right. Like, And, you know, because Chewie is a good guy, so he does good guy stuff. Maybe he shoots his bowcaster, but he doesn't yeah. really, like try to murder people and all the all the wookies we saw in solo were starved slaves right so they were all skinny and like like sad and like we didn't get to see like like you know a thousand pounds of muscle yeah. <laughs> and claw yeah just get after it yeah his his uh i i i think his uh appliances and makeup and costuming mm-hmm. And uh, uh, Cad Bane's was also so fucking good. Cad Bane's that mouth. costume, the mouth, uh, the eyes yeah. were so good, his, and he was such a great villain. His little sneering mouth, yes. and they got the same the same voice actor who played him in the cartoons. Oh, nice! So yeah, it, that was really great. Uh, uh, I loved Fennec. Yes, I thought Fennec was a great character. She's, so, she's it, good, especially when you see her kind of decide to stick it out with Boba Fett uh, for a while, which is clearly against what she thinks she should be doing mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. Uh, and there's that um the scene at the end when she goes and executes yeah. every single one she, yeah. does, she does her job and yeah. Yeah. Someone. Yeah. yeah you know and it's just 
<laughs> it's just, and she assassinates them all, and it's quick, yep. and it's efficient, yep. and none of them have a fucking chance. Yep. You know, you never, bro, there's so never a moment where you're like, oh, oh, somebody might get her. Oh, there's no. a fight? No, no. No. Yeah. And uh, when she's, especially right before that, she's basically like, oh, they all betrayed you. And he's like, I know. And she's like, cool, be right back. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, yeah. and I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be bad. Uh. I, uh, so there was a, a super funny setup that actually kind of occurs outside of this show entirely. Uh, Matt Barry, who <laughs> plays the uh, the droid 8D8, the the butler droid right, okay. for, for Boba Fett, uh, who's announcing people and telling them when they come and go and that sort of thing. So he's in a show called Toast of London. And most recently they did a little spin-off series called Toast of Tinseltown, where his character, Stephen Toast, the British actor, is going to Hollywood to go be in the new Star Wars movie. <laughs> and every time he tells anyone that he's in the new Star Wars movie, the response is, sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. He's like, what? What? I'm in, I'm in the new Star Wars movie. And like that. I'm going to be in the new Star Wars picture. <laughs> and that show, that season ended, and like, a week later, <laughs> fucking Boba Fett came out, and he's the goddamn droid. It was great. Like, it was, it was nice. just yeah. so... It was a funny little bit. So bit. perfect. Um, I liked uh, most of the stuff with the Tuscans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, there was... No, I, I mean, the the only thing that I didn't like because it was just so predictable was the coming back and all the Tuscans have been it's murdered. It's Native American tropes, man. Yeah. Like, it's such a it's bad just, trope of like... Um, Right after he gets inducted into their society through their secret ceremony that involves taking mind-altering drugs and having to go off to find your own thing, which that was cool. I loved the making of the gaffy stick and how it was like their individual, you know, things yeah, and like. Sure. But yeah, I'm with you. That yeah, coming I, back to them all being dead was like a whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know if you had more to say. Sorry. No, 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 no. That was pretty much it. I I like um I like more lore. And more non-Jedi mm, shit. Mm-hmm. And I'll always take more non-Jedi shit. I want more pikes. I want more... Like, Solo set up so much cool stuff in, in the world that even though that happens, you know, before the original trilogy mm-hmm. and this after, like, I want I want more of that. I want more stories that aren't mm-hmm. necessarily Jedi-centric or about, you know, like, Tim, you said, the fate of the, the galaxy is on the line. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I one, thing, one thing I liked about the Tuscan Raiders uh, was that they they had they showed that like we've only known about Tuscan Raiders, right? But there are Raiders, and then there are the Tuscans that just stay back at home, right? Like, yeah. and so like you kind of learn that it's like, oh, they're not a an entire society made up of raiding parties. Like that's just who we ever met yeah. because that's who you interact with if you get ambushed by them when they are taking you out, right? But I really liked that. So there was a moment with them when they were burning their dead, when they had just some early, some early deaths, and they were burning their dead. And I, I, I turned to Nick and I was like, "This doesn't make any sense. They're gonna burn all that gear. Like they're clothes. burning them in all those clothes. They're, this is a, a desert nomadic people, and they're just gonna burn all that stuff." Well, so then when they did the ceremony with him earning his wrappings and getting his gaff, gaffy stick and all that, I'm like, ah. This is an earned like do- like thing that is personal. No one would ever wear someone else's. So of course you burn them with it. That actually makes sense. So I appreciated that they didn't flip that. You didn't yeah. you, that you you saw something that maybe didn't make sense to you. 
that then later was sort of uh, underscored by further investigation and, and learning about the group. It was neat. If I missed anything there, um, it it was, and I saw criticisms about it online that I thought were fucking dumb because people were like, well, I can't believe that how, how they make it fire in the desert. It's like, because they live in the desert and when it gets oh. cold at night and they fucking need fire. Yeah. Well, so, but I would have liked to see something about where do they get their, you know, do they do they use something in the desert that that effectively uh, can burn if you refine it somehow? Yeah, play the, um, the Star Wars RPG has a lot of that stuff. Like that's there's a lot of like you know backstory and, and stuff. You don't, but have I to, agree. you don't have to do a ton of that. But again, it would have been nice to see. Again, it. five minutes less spent on fixing that Naboo fighter <laughs> yeah. could have been spent on showing us where the raiders get the resources they need to survive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like silly um, little nonsense Star Wars stuff thrown mm-hmm. in here and there, like out kind of fourth wall breaking um, silly jokes. So the Ithorian mayor mm-hmm. is um, the one, mom- that's the one with the mouths on the sides. The yeah, yeah, and the, 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 tra- and the translator. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, um, so uh, his name is Mokshais. M O K S H A I Z. So he's Mayor McCheese. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like, did not see that. It's I liked so uh, Amy Sedaris's character being. She's like, "Oh, you speak Jawa," and she's like, "Yeah, I dated a Jawa." You know what? I had to pick a few things up, and then one of them says something to her, and she's like, "Nah, I'm not really on the market. I'm working on myself." And that was just. Yeah. It was just so cute because they didn't. I like they didn't translate anything they said. Yeah. But they didn't do that Star Wars thing where the person who speaks basic just repeats back what they said, mm-hmm. which is always a little, a little annoying. But uh, I like that that you kind of had to infer that. You know, like you said, yeah. kind of guess what they were saying. Just the idea of one of them being like, you know, if you date Jawas, I've got a cousin. It's like, no, no. <laughs> but Boba Fett doesn't learn how to speak Tuscan. No. No. They, but they, they figure out how to communicate with each, with each other, which I like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. They actually seem to have figured out his language to some extent. I think they all, it's it's pretty much, every, it's kind of assumed that almost everyone in the galaxy speaks basic unless they don't have contact with other races. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's kind of a thing that, that is generally assumed, especially, like, again, with the RPG, like, you can assume everyone speaks basic, kind of like how in D&D everyone speaks common, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just, there has to be some language we can all speak to some degree right but uh the the uh i do like that at first they didn't seem to understand him super well though and it seemed like they kind of learned to come up with a way to gesture at each other with a few keywords yeah yeah uh the (laughs) the uh uh the thing i think i liked the most uh, out of everything like out of the whole show was i i just i really loved seeing all the different makeups they really leaned uh, into showing a lot of different citizens uh we got to see the with that one twi'lek bar uh with uh uh with uh, jennifer beale's uh, yeah, twi'lek bar yeah, yeah. uh and so we got to see different colors of twi'lek we got to see all the you know, the usual cantina scene with all the different cool people uh, there himbo himbo twi'leks himbo twi'leks that was nice finally getting to see some like you know, and, and for once you felt like they were there because they wanted to be. And like with a Twi'lek in charge, it felt like a little more agency rather than just like, Twi'leks are sex slave race. That's their whole thing. <laughs> like, you know, like that's all they do. And 
I liked, uh, oh my gosh, the Ithorian and the, um, who are the spider people? They were part of the, the, the syndicate that, that turned on him. Oh, you, you liked the spider people? Oh no, I hate them. I can't look at them, but I love their makeup. It looks so good. Yeah. Like it was so good. All these makeups were just incredible. And so like, even when the plot was kind of like, or whatever, I was just sort of like, okay, what's happening? They did such a good job with all of the costuming, makeup, the props, the puppets. Like, it's yeah. really, the Disney money pouring into Star Wars franchise has at least given us some absolutely fucking incredible physical effects. I know, it's it's kind of amazing that Star Wars fans love, not all of them, although, mm-hmm. you know, the statement about... Star Wars does not deserve Star Wars fans. Yeah. It's very true. But Star Wars fans have gotten so much since Disney has taken over Star Wars. And it's like, you can sit there and and complain of, oh, Disney's ruined Star Wars. It's Mm -hmm. like, Disney has given you Star Wars. Disney is just just handing you more and more Star Wars. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you can hate some of it, but... Don't you remember that that time between Return of the Jedi and and Episode One, Phantom Menace, where, where there was nothing? Yeah, there was nothing. Yeah. We had no Star Wars. Now we are we are swimming in Star yeah. Wars. And There's so much there. Star Wars that like like. Some of the more diehard fans I know are like, oh, I, I haven't gotten around to watching that. And you're like, yeah. wow, That's... you read all the novels. And they're like, I did. <laughs> like, yeah, I, start, uh, I started watching The Bad Batch and kind of was like, nah, all right. Yeah. So what a friend of the show, Jeremy Stomberg, said uh, I, 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 something along the lines of, I love living in a time where there's so much Star Wars stuff that I can just kind of ignore the things that aren't really... My bag. super interested mm-hmm. in like mm-hmm. there's so much of it out there that some of it doesn't appeal to me and I can mm-hmm. just not en- not enjoy that stuff but that's great oh wait I forgot to mention uh, the twins uh, the yeah. twins oh so good with their litter like when they were all wrapped around each other yeah the litter with the bum bum yeah. Bum, bum, bum. Like, just so you, you could hear him coming for, like, a mile and just, oh, it was so cool. And the strain. So, like, I don't know what they had on that litter but for the actual physical actors to be carrying. Oh, sure. But when they stopped and they would show, you could hear them being, like, every now and then just trying to, like, hold, like, to bear the like weight. Refocusing uh, their core. Yeah, and, like, yeah. you could see them, like, taking little steps in the dirt to try to keep themselves all. Oh, it was so good. It was really, you, I really believe there were huts on yeah. that thing. It was if nuts. There, if there's another season of Book of Boba Fett, or if we see Boba Fett some more, uh, certainly I think the twins are a character, a set of characters that um, would would warrant revisiting. Yeah. The, uh, someone was saying online that, um, I can't remember what language it was. In the the Chinese subtitles, I believe it was, uh, made it clear that one of the two twins is the younger. Mm-hmm. Like like just just because there's like a different word for little sister and older sister. Huh. So in how uh, they addressed one another, it, they made it clear in a translation that one of them is the younger. That's cool. The younger sibling. That's cool. Yeah, uh, just just a neat thing that you know English doesn't have those. Same equivalence, necessarily. That's great. That's great. 
Well, that is our review of the Book of Boba Fett season one. Uh, I think overall I liked it. Yeah. Uh, I didn't stop watching it. Oh, well. And I stopped watching other things for stuff that I didn't like. So, you know, like, uh, I didn't finish The Bad Batch either. We we did not I watch. Nearly, I nearly, when, when it was in the Mandalorian part, I nearly was like, fuck it, I'm going to skip this. Because really? I, because I was just like, I bet it, bet it, bet just because I felt I felt cheated. I'm like, yeah, I, mm. I want to get back to the Boba Fett shit. But. I will say, uh, I I was going to like quit the show to be honest if uh, Grogu picked Luke. I was gonna be fucking done. Yeah. If it was like, no, he wants to be a Jedi, I was gonna be like, well, then fuck this show. Right. Because there's absolutely no way I would believe that Grogu would pick Luke over Din Djarin. But also like the whole like. I hate the whole Jedi have no attachments because it's a lie. But because <laughs> like, you absolutely have an attachment, it's to the Jedi Order and your master. But uh, that I love that he did when faced with that choice. He knew who really loved him, yeah. and he knows that Din Djarin loves him, and so that at least made the Grogu stuff palatable to me in the end because the end result was good enough that it was like okay. All right, that's that's good. And put that raincore to sleep. That plus all that all that talk about the uh, the old Mandalorian leader who was you know the first Mandalorian who was a Jedi and a Mandalorian mm-hmm. who made the the black the dark saber. Oh uh, yeah, is and, it like and, to see Grogu with the dark saber? Well, I don't know about going that far, but I mean he did make him some uh, Beskar chainmail, and he does call him a foundling. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think we might end up getting some some. Force using Mandalorian Grogu yeah. in the future. That'd be cool. That'd be, I'd be all right with that. I all right. Well, Plus, accessories sell toys, so yeah. So, uh, I don't know if it was last week or two weeks ago, but recently, as of today, March first, when we're recording this, uh, we debuted our new five questions. However, obviously, it hasn't been a whole lot of time. Uh, it's been mere hours, so we don't have any of those to answer ourselves here. But what I do have is. Uh, we have five questions. Sweet. From another, we actually have enough five questions from listeners yeah. uh, to finish. So we have five questions from Patreon supporter Miranda. Hey, and Miranda. Hey. Miranda is uh, Miranda writes in, and she's also a friend of the show, by the way. Yeah. You oh. may remember Miranda has been I on do the show enjoy before. Friends of the show. Uh, she says, "Hey, atheist friends, I was watching an interview of Marley Matlin by Stephen Colbert with her new, for her new movie Coda a couple of nights ago, and I thought, wow, she looks a lot like Molly. I should write them five questions. This morning, I listened and heard Molly say how she was learning ASL, and I immediately knew it was a sign. Wow. Get it? Oh. Oh, I get it. So here are my five questions. Question one: Molly, do you ever get told that you look like Marley Matlin?" No, this is literally <laughs> the first time I've heard that. I can kind of see it, though. I can kind of see it, actually. Yeah, I have been told in the past I look like Jennifer Grey from Dirty Dancing, pre-nose job. Oh, oh and yeah. And people always make sure to let me know it's pre-nose job, too. <laughs> they go to great lengths. Uh, I have been told I look like um, there's a character in uh, a House who has dark oh. curly hair, who apparently I look like her. I think she's like a hospital administrator. I guess she's the one that tells House no. Oh. Likes people have told me that before, but not Marley Matlin. I'm going to add that to the thing. Okay, question two. Question two. Tim, do you ever get told that you look like Stephen King? Well, let me tell you a story, my friends. <laughs> uh, the answer is yes. I'm going to tell you <laughs> two stories. Short story. Two stories. One is the time that I was shopping in Barnes & Noble with my lovely wife and friend of the show, Pat. And somebody walked up to her and said, is that who I think it is? <laughs> <laughs> 
And she had to tell them no. <laughs> the other story is this happened just recently. Uh, somebody came up to me and asked me if I'd ever been told that I look like uh, Stephen King. And I said, yes, that I had. And they were a friend of Vilification Tennis. And they'd seen me in, in Vilification Tennis several times. And they asked me to sign a Stephen King book. <laughs> That's funny. With my name. <laughs> I just fuck with you. Oh, I love that. So, uh, yeah, I've been told I look like Stephen King several times. That's great. That's great. All right. Uh, but not by Molly, who's a huge Stephen King. No, because you don't look like Stephen I King. I don't. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. but I can see where people see it. How's that? Yeah. I can see where people see it. You remind me of someone else, and I mentioned this the other day, but I can't think of who it was now. Oh, I can't remember. But there was, I, said, I was like, Tim makes me think of this person, not Stephen King, but I don't remember anymore. Uh, all right. Question three. Nick, Uh-oh. do you ever get told that you look like Ox Demon King from Dragon Ball Z? Why, I have cosplayed the uh, Ox King <laughs> uh, and performed Vil on stage in the Ox King costume it's at true. Uh, GalaxyCon, I think yep. it was, where we performed. You made a, and and when, he yeah. put, when he put on that costume at Convergence, uh, we could not walk five feet without someone going, Ox King! Ox King! Like, they knew it immediately. It's, man, yeah. like, recognizable character. I've got a lot going in favor, in my favor for cosplaying him. And, uh, uh, you know, Dragon Ball, right? That's uh, one mm-hmm. of the most watched animated shows in the entire world. All right, question four. Let's talk about Jeremy Stomberg. Uh, drink. Man. Oh, Drink. I look at pictures of him, and I think he looks like someone else famous, but I can't place it. The best I could do was Steve Mould, the science YouTuber. Who do you think Jeremy Stomberg looks like? Uh, a different Steve. Steve Buscemi. No. It's, it's the eyes. It's just in the in the eye, nose, eye socket. He does region. have sort of Steve Buscemi eyes. I think he looks like... Uh, actor Nelson Franklin, who played Camo in Scott Pilgrim, <laughs> uh, and if you watch that and you think of the, if you, it, it works better if you've seen Jeremy talk in person. Yes, because the way they talk is very similar, and they get excited. <laughs> yeah, when he when he kind of like sidles up to yeah. Scott and says some things to him. He's also in uh, Veep. He, uh, yeah. if you've seen Veep, he's uh, he's very tall with dark hair and glasses, and he talks like Jeremy Stomberg. I think. Yeah. Tim, He's who got do you? Steve Buscemi. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who do you think Jeremy looks like? Uh, I think he looks like Boba Fett. Oh. So with the armor on. Okay. With the armor on. Yeah. With the armor on. Uh, yeah. Armored Boba Fett. That's that makes sense. Jeremy that makes sense. It's the face tattoos. Yeah. <laughs> all right. And question five. I'm gonna go off theme for this question. Whoa. What did you all think of friend of the show Wendy Bowlesby's performance in Marvel's The Eternals? <laughs> Why uh, did Arisha make me this way? <laughs> Wendy did such a good job of Sprite. It's <laughs> Sprite. true. Wendy yeah. could really rock a Sprite cosplay, though, for real. Yeah, for no real. Doubt. No doubt. Wendy, <laughs> if you're listening, there's your next thing. It's just I, a lot of warbler and craft foam and... and oh, spandex uh, sewing. You can yeah. sew spandex, right, Wendy bitch? was my favorite part of that movie, which unfortunately <laughs> is not saying a lot. <laughs> <laughs> it's a low bar. 
Oh, God. Thank you, Miranda Wild. These are amazing questions. We really appreciate you answering our five questions and for supporting us on Patreon. If you want to support us on Patreon, you can do so at patreon.com slash geekswithoutgod.com. And we actually have a new supporter. Not slash.com. Just oh, slash. Oh, sorry. Yep. Just the slash. I said too many I mean, they figure it out. I know yeah. computers. Uh, we have a new patron. Ken Larson. Yes. A couple bucks. Thank you, Ken. Uh, that's amazing. Uh, Ken, if you send us in your answers to our new five questions, we will bump you to the top of the list. You could be the first person we read them from if you're fast enough and somehow send those to us before you hear this episode. That's right. So we do have new five questions. So right now, what we're asking from you, the listeners, is for you to answer our five questions. And those five questions are... What is a game you have played recently that you really enjoyed? What is a science factor discovery you think is really fucking cool? Where do you get your sense of right and wrong from since it's not religion? If you could build a robot to perfectly perform one chore or task for you for the rest of your life, what would you choose? And what is a movie or TV show that you think everyone should watch? You can find those on our website or on Facebook. We have posts at both places if you need them run down again. So please send your answers to those five questions to fivequestions at geekswithoutgod.com. Our next episode will feature our final set of questions sent in by a listener so far. You know what? I'm not making any promises anymore because every time I make promises on this goddamn show, something happens to change them. You'd almost believe there was a deity involved. Anyway, thank you so much for listening. We've been Geeks Without God. We appreciate you coming at us every week, and we will see you next Tuesday. Bye. Bye! My favorite part was when he climbed out of your mom's vagina. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Need more Geeks Without God? Go to our website, read our blog posts, find us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter at Geeks Without God. Social media! We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. He really does look like Stephen King. I never noticed it before.